Welcome to The Third Web, a podcast about what may be the technologies powering the next generation of human civilization. This podcast is targeted at observers of what has become known as the blockchain space. In episode zero, our guest Tim Swanson pointed out that blockchain has both benefited and become a victim of overpromising. It might be a bit of a stretch to say that blockchain is going to change civilization, at least at this stage, but it does appear to be driving innovation in business strategy. We are beginning to see new business models emerge based on the construction of a microeconomy or internal monetary system, rather than the traditional profit and loss model. These are exemplified by Kick's Kin project, Steemit, and the featured project on this episode, Props, by live video service, YouNow. YouNow's project is especially interesting as they have an existing user base of over 40 million users. What is really exciting is that these new endeavors are giving us a look at what future businesses based in the value transport enabled internet may look like. This is an interesting thread to explore. So in coming episodes, I'll be interviewing teams from Spank Chain and SingularityNet to better understand how their businesses work. So on today's episode, I'm here with Jonathan Seller of the Props Project, which is being run by the YouNow live video streaming service. Thanks for joining me, Jonathan. Thanks for having me, Arthur. I appreciate it. Well, to begin with, how did you become involved with YouNow and, uh, and what's your personal background? So my background is in, um, in, in startups and in venture capital, and I, I've been involved uh, in, in three startups. Uh, the first one was uh, Tivinci, which was uh, an OTT platform uh, that was uh, a company that I joined as uh, the first uh, uh, employee and member of the founding team. And uh, we were s basically selling a platform for cross-device delivery of video for broadcasters, pay TV operators, uh, with, a, with the consumer in mind. And we did, I did that for t five years, uh, later did another startup, um, and uh, after some, uh, some more studies, etc., I ended up at uh, Venrock, when, where I was focused on, uh, it's a great VC based here in uh, New York, and I ended up um, focusing on two areas, digital media and uh, blockchain technologies. As part of that, uh, of my time there, we invested in uh, YouNow, and I worked very closely with the team here. Uh, fell in love with the team, fell in love with the opportunity. This was early in the days of live streaming before Meerkat, Periscope, Facebook Live. And uh, I decided to go back into the trenches and, and join the, the management uh, here at YouNow. And it's been a, a very exciting ride uh, ever since. That was about three years ago. And so can you tell us a bit about YouNow? Absolutely. Um, YouNow is a live, live broadcasting platform we started uh, a few years ago, and uh, we take pride in being the first live mobile video platform uh, in the U.S. to achieve traction. We have over 40 million users, and um, we're very excited to also be um, the first company to create a two-sided marketplace in this context of entertainment. And this two-sided market, Users can spend a digital currency, a virtual currency, it's, it's a virtual economy for, for virtual goods, and, and creators can earn based on the amount of engagement that they create with users. And this marketplace uh, is a thriving economy that, that's constantly growing um, at about 40% uh, a year with a couple million dollars a month in digital goods sales. The main um, thing at YouNow has always been about audience participation, how can we make the audience take a bigger part 
uh, in the experience and, and get their voice out there. And th we've done that through a bunch of features and through the ability to participate in a bigger way, whether it's jumping on the screen, whether it's uh, from the audience, whether it's the ability to give gifts, uh, support creators, uh, gain status, etc. So ca what can you tell us about the Props Project? What is the Props Project? Sure. So the, the Props Project uh, is a project we've been working on for the past year. We were trying to think of, uh, you know, take up all of our learnings of what we learned about running uh, this two-sided marketplace, take all of our learnings about what works and what uh, doesn't work with, with interactive video and, and with a vid the type of video infrastructure and flexibility that it needs to have in order to support multiple use cases and successfully build a large network um, in today's digital media landscape. The Props Project specifically is an ecosystem uh, for media application and specifically for video applications. The idea in here is to create a decentralized economy that runs on a token called Props, uh, seed that community and ecosystem with the YouNow community um, that has a bunch of uh, users and thousands of creators uh, who are already interacting in this context and, and you know, on the one hand, spending on digital currency, on the other hand, uh, earning in a digital currency uh, and basically make that system run on a token, open it up for developers to be able to create uh, multiple use cases on top of it and effectively reshape the way digital media uh, works. Well, I mean, what I'd really like to talk about is this idea of creating an economy rather than having this, I guess, despotic business model. So, you know, when we think of traditional business, say we, when we think of YouTube, YouTube sets the rules. Um, the community provides the content, but YouTube takes the cream. It's, it's kind of like the relationship between a king and peasants. That's the state of online communities today. And it seems completely demented. It's not okay at all. And what is interesting is props superficially seems very similar to the Kick Kin project, but I've actually had the opportunity to do a lot more research into props when you know I, I interviewed um, Ted Livingston a while ago, but I didn't I didn't do the, the quite as much research into into that project uh, at the time. <laughs> you know I don't I don't want to be too. Uh, kind of biased in your favor, in the favor of the props project. But what I'm really, really interested in is which businesses can adopt this model of building a, an economy uh, through which they can profit rather than adopting a traditional business model. I think uh, two-sided marketplaces are ideal candidates uh, for tokenization. And the second thing um, I think is, is established digital economy. Uh, uh, we're uh, you know we're mobile mobile video guys. We're product guys, and um, we take very very seriously the importance of creating an experience in which uh, you don't need to reinvent the wheel for users in terms of the behavior that they need to take. So in our case, uh, and this is kind of number two around what's a good fit for a business to to be run in this model. Uh, I think. Uh, the first businesses we'll see succeeding in this type of model uh, or, or among the first businesses we'll see are those in which the users are already transacting in a digital context, in a, in a digital to digital uh, environment. So 
not necessarily ordering a pizza with a digital token, but rather interacting in an economy where both sides of the market are good and happy, and in fact, uh, want to earn in the token. Uh, and there's very little change to the user behavior that they're exercising. So it's unlike adding a foreign uh, type of behavior of spending and earning into an existing uh, um, setup, but rather taking a setup in which that behavior is already established and interfering with it as little as possible in terms of the user experience in order to allow the, the users uh, to, to not experience the inconvenience that is often associated with, with some hardcore uh, projects uh, in blockchain that have a, a significant uh, merit, but sometimes the, the user experience uh, inhibits them from really hitting mass market adoption. So we've seen other uh, kind of microeconomy uh, kind of de deployments similar to, to what you've just described uh, props to be uh, with obviously kick. Uh, Let's talk Bitcoin was one of the first to really kick it off in uh, using cryptocurrencies. Steemit was another one that's been phenomenally successful. And these monetary approaches, uh, certainly in the in the case of Let's talk Bitcoin and Steemit, have been phenomenally successful. Actually, if you look back, there's a lot of uh, mining companies and around the world, and even trucking companies, notably in Britain, used company script where rather than actually uh, issuing using cash to pay their uh, to pay their employees they would actually issue uh, notes essentially company redeemable for currency on departure from the company and and these kind of really strange kind of ways that people have managed the monetary supply to either support or or control a community and of course we see that in in traditional uh, currency and so this is this is re what's really interesting is that we're seeing these kind of techniques now being applied in these micro settings, right? These very small, uh, these or I shouldn't say very small, but these smaller, uh, these smaller communities and smaller use cases. I'm wondering what makes props unique and uh, and different from some of these, uh, in particular, these other uh, crypto deployments of um, of these tokens. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, and and uh, uh, we have tons of respect for all of these pro projects. They've all been uh, innovators on their own right. Uh, I think they there's a couple of fundamental differences, and I'll I'll touch on on I think two types of projects here. There's one type of project like uh, Steam that are hardcore projects within blockchain space. They take a social context with uh, some of uh, the similar overarching concepts that I've described and apply them in a, for the blockchain community. The, so both Steam, Let's Talk Bitcoin, a great project. They, they mostly revolve around uh, the blockchain community and are used mostly by blockchain uh, people. And the type of user interface that you, that you see there um, is, is great and, and working for some stuff, but it's not on, on par with what you see on uh, Facebook or Snapchat or this type of mainstream products with the... Uh, extreme ease of use and a target audience that is different in mind. So one of the big differences for us is that, you know, we come with our 40 million users and, uh, and our approach as, as product people building products for the mainstream, for people who've never heard of cryptocurrency before or, never, or at least never used it uh, in, in most cases. And we're building a product that is directed for them. There's a lot of implications on the product side for that. For example, our choice to use um, a two-currency model, our choice to use a, a mobile-first product, 
our choice to, to use a video-based product, which is the second big difference that I wanted to mention. There's no other video-focused uh, project out there. We're starting with video and our DNA is in video and the infrastructure that we provide for anyone in the, in the uh, community to use is a video infrastructure of many-to-many -many video. So that's, that's a second big, big difference, but these, these two are kind of in, the, in that realm. The third uh, difference, I think, uh, when you look at companies like Kick, which come from a, a, a completely different direction, they uh, Kick, like us, um, are a, a, a consumer mobile product that has gained a great traction. Uh, they have a large community. Um, the fundamental difference there is that, you know, although, uh, and again, I do want to mention TED has been uh, fantastic. They, and they are, a, Kick is a sister company at uh, Union Square Ventures, and we, we love their project and what they've done. And, and Ted has even advised us on a couple of uh, issues as we were undergoing our process. So it, it's very important for me to mention that, uh, but the products are very different. If you listen closely, and I listened to the great episode that you had with Ted, by the way, you hear Ted's vision. That's about creating a digital economy with digital services in which people transact in kin, which is the, the cryptocurrency. That is a slightly different uh, case than what we have here. Uh, while they had some uh, kick points for a while, uh, which was a, a good experiment that they had uh, back in the day, on you now there is an established use case of people paying actual money, and there's actually a more of a two-sided marketplace rather than more of a messaging app. And in this two-sided marketplace, you see uh, users on the one hand uh, spending and creators on the other hand earning. So there's already a service that happens right there and then without integrating any ex external service, without selling any external product. Uh, there's a service right there and then at the core of what is done on this network. And that, that marketplace is today, as I said, grossing at a, at a couple of million dollars a month. So the I idea that you can take a, an existing uh, marketplace and simply replace the infrastructure, the underlying infrastructure of, of crypto uh, and, uh, and let the users to continue to interact the same way they did while leveraging all the advantages I mentioned around opening the app, enabling them to take their earnings across different apps in the ecosystem, uh, enabling developers to, to expand use cases and earn in the app, and enabling uh, them to, to enjoy uh, the, the, the growth of the network, um, that's the fundamental difference. No need to re-educate users uh, for the most part, but rather uh, leverage an existing behavior. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is definitely one of the first times that, that we've seen an existing uh, marketplace of, of, of this type of a virtual economy uh, being tokenized that way. So how is the monetary system structured? You mentioned that there were, it, was a, it was a two token system. Um, I'm wondering how, how are these tokens distributed and what are the proportions in, in which you've distributed those to tokens? How many are you holding on to and how many are going to kind of what members of the community? And then how many are being sold to just the open market? We have 20% of the tokens being uh, sold uh, in the open market. And we have 50% of the tokens sitting uh, with the foundation whose primary job is to take those tokens and distribute them proportionately, uh, equitably, transparently and algorithmically uh, to the contributors of the network. And the way that is done uh, is by effectively measuring the engagement and the uh, watch time that is generated uh, in this network, the, measuring the contribution to the network that each 
member of the network is providing every single day and rewarding them accordingly. And, and that's where the, we're, we're happy that the, eventually the majority of tokens will end up in the hands of the contributors to the network rather than just in the hands of investors. And, and, I, uh, and I think that, that goes back to the, what we started from. Now, the way the economy works is that creating a straight-up uh, economy that, that strips away any sort of aid for the users to easily uh, get used to the economy, uh, we think is not a perfect fit for mainstream users today. And, and we are building a product that will take props in the hands of millions of users and thousands of influencers who themselves have millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers from day one. Now, in order to do that, we have to create a product that speaks their language, that has the type of user experience that is on par with what you see out there um, in, in uh, digital media today. And that product uh, required to do a few things. We don't think that having, a, we all know that uh, cryptocurrencies are sometimes hard to set up, uh, their price fluctuates, um, they are harder to do on mobile, etc., etc. And in order to solve for that, what we've done is created a two-currency model, which is a model we're familiar with from the current UNAM app. So on the one hand, you have a game currency, a non-cryptocurrency. That currency is earned by users um, just by uh, taking all these actions of like logging in, inviting friends, etc. And it can also be purchased by users for fiat currency. So you can put some US dollars in and get a bunch of those uh, uh, non-crypto gameplay currency uh, and put them in your hand. Everything you do in the system, you can do uh, using these coins. And these coins are used to give out likes, to give out bigger gifts, to help push creators up the trending charts and giving them more surfacing to their content. Or whether you're a media company that wants to create greater surfacing for its content and you're able to push that content uh, using that. So all those functionalities uh, are effectively forms of engagement. And what we do is that every day we collect all of the uh, coins uh, given to someone, whether they came from a free source or from a paid source. It's just a measure of all the engagement. And we take all of the watch time generated by that user or by that media company that's broadcasting its content, uh, and we aggregate them. And at the end of the day, we allocate, uh, we take all of the revenue that came in through uh, in our purchases, and we take all of the rewards that uh, came in uh, for that day from, from the foundation based on the activity, and we allocate those, uh, those rewards back in props in the cryptocurrency out to the users. What this enables us to do is to create a system in which uh, the users don't see fluctuation in price, in which uh, a user that is just starting out doesn't need to buy cryptocurrency in order to engage, doesn't need to know anything about cryptocurrency in order to start engaging, but on the back end of that, all the super users, the creators, the developers who are earning in props are uh, s slowly and gradually be become users of those props. And those props are used, they can hold them in order to have status in the system, in order to have access to premium features, in order to have access to content, uh, in order to have upvoting capabilities for content. Uh, and using this type of system, we're able to uh, create a system in which you have a smooth experience for users on the one hand, uh, but uh, enjoying all the benefits of a cryptocurrency on the other hand. Over time, what we'll see is that more and more people will get 
uh, slowly accustomed in, into the crypto and basically introduced into the crypto economy as they progress, as they start engaging more with the system, as they start seeing the users that have the cryptocurrency having the status, the access, the influence, etc. Uh, and over time, the, we will see adoption of the cryptocurrency by anyone who regularly uses the product. This sounds like it's going to take a huge number of transactions, but I see that you're netting out toward the end of the day. Even so, if you're netting out at the end of the day all of the uh, interactions and all of the value into a single distribution, you said, say, you said that you had um, several million monthly users. Um, just to take a number uh, of three million monthly users, say at the end of the day you have 100,000 allocations to distribute on the uh, public Ethereum blockchain, which is where, uh, where Props is being built, uh, as I understand it. That's a huge number of transactions for that blockchain. That seems like it would be hard for the infrastructure to support. Yeah, and I'd love to, to talk more about that. So today we have uh, 60,000 transactions a day, and we don't want to put all of that uh, stress on the, on the Ethereum network uh, right on day one. We, in fact, we, this is a big driver, additional driver behind uh, going for the two currency model. And the idea is that even in that context, we, and you know, we expect this uh, platform to, to reach a, a much larger number of people and have much greater number of transactions as in the old system, only the creators could, could earn. That's a, you know, a small, a very small percentage of the users uh, on this system, everybody can earn. So the number of transactions will go tremendously, uh, even for the same size of network and, and uh, certainly in the scenario of a growth of the network. But having said that, at the end of the day, indeed, we are uh, kind of summarizing the, uh, the transactions and, and sending the props accordingly, settling it. Uh, that's, that's used in a couple of uh, uh, you know, popular architectures to, to, to overcome this problem. The idea is that you use those. Uh, there's two things to remember there. One, uh, we use that in the form of pool. So we don't push the transaction every day. We enable the user to claim the tokens when they want to kind of put them in their off, the, in their wallet. So those, those uh, tokens end up in the hand of the user. The transaction happens as soon as the user pulls them in. Uh, so that's one thing to remember. The second thing is that not everybody that uses a social network contributes to an extent that warrants uh, receiving a bunch of props every day, right? So some people create a lot of content, a lot of engagement, they receive a lot of likes and a lot of uh, watch time, etc. And those type of users are the ones who will, who will have the option to, to claim their tokens at the end of the day. A user that just pops in, checks things out and gives a couple likes and goes out is a great user and, and we love having them, but they may not necessarily earn for their activities that day because this is not a case where we just airdrop money everywhere um, uh, carelessly. What we do here is we algorithmically see what is the contribution that that user had for the network that day and compensate them based on that. And for that reason, we see um, not all users will receive a transaction every day. And even those who are eligible to earn props will basically pull it at the time where they want to place the, the props in their wallet, uh, which, which will also not happen every day for those users, even though they will have that ability if they are daily users. How often do people withdraw their, uh, their current earnings? Currently, you just use... So currently, it's a different thing. Currently, they, they withdraw earnings once a month. On this system, we expect people to withdraw earnings more often or to, I guess, withdraw earnings is not the, the, the most accurate concept. They 
will claim their props and want their props in their wallets, but they may not necessarily uh, turn them into fiat or take them out of the system. In fact, the system is designed um, to, to have status associated with props, access to features, uh, upvoting uh, power, etc., etc. And therefore, our belief, based on everything we know about how our users behave today, is that the vast majority of, of, uh, of the tokens that creators and developers earn will actually, a lot of these people will be hodlers. These people care a lot about status and a lot about what they can do on the system. And, and that's why many of them will continue to hold the tokens, which provide a very strong uh, basis of ongoing demand for the token. Because imagine that all the funds that go in are used to, to get tokens, creating demand for the tokens. But on the back end of that, a lot of the people earning them will continue to hold significant chunks of it. Some people will be able to sell them, to sell them in the market. <clears throat> I mean, everybody will be able to, but some people will end up selling them in the market uh, and provide good liquidity because it's going to be thousands and thousands of people that receive them every day. So we think we will see a healthy mix there uh, of, of a lot of people holding uh, and uh, people selling portions of their earnings for, for liquidity. So this all sounds great, and the props project sounds really well considered and thought out, but I'm just thinking, you know, like 60,000 trans... That's a lot. Like, the Ethereum network doesn't have much capacity. Like, I mean, it, it can't really do... Like, the, um, the stated... I don't know what it's, what it's up to now, maybe less than 20 transactions a second as far as I'm aware, but that's, those are bare minimum transactions. I mean, as soon as you start adding in... Um, those are value transactions, so... As soon as you start adding in interactions with smart contracts, and obviously this is a uh, the the moving of a um, of a balance from one address to another in a smart contract, so that's going to involve a data payload, and quite quickly the the transaction throughput of the network is reduced. And I'm wondering, like, if this is going to be too much of a strain, even if it in its uh, its truncated and uh, and batched. Uh, kind of payment processing form. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know that there's an answer to yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think hey, that. Uh, please. Yeah, I just want to clarify again: the sixty thousand number is an equivalent of the number of uh, transactions happening off-chain uh, on you now today, right? So those transactions will continue to happen in the game currency off-chain, exactly for these considerations and and other considerations I mentioned earlier. But the amount of transactions we'll actually see on-chain is going to be smaller. And, and that's why we created this architecture. So I think that um, I don't see this as a problem in the early days. And I think that if you fast forward this a couple of years down the line, then um, the, the Ethereum uh, community as a whole will have, a, you know, uh, I think that Ethereum will be able to support a, a larger number of transactions that it can today. Otherwise, uh, we have a bigger problem than just what happens to props. So I, uh, I think that... Um, the short answer is that short-term, uh, much less than 60,000 transactions on-chain, and uh, most of the transactions happening off-chain. And long-term, uh, yes, we will need to ensure that, uh, the, uh, uh, that, that the number of transactions that we want to have as the network grows is supported by, by the system. There are ways for us to artificially reduce that number. For example, uh, you can decide that uh, the on-chain transactions sending the props to the, the reward props to the users are uh, limited in time and they only happen periodically every X number of days. Uh, that is a, a brute way to, 
reduce the number of transactions significantly, uh, and we will take those measures if that is necessary. I think in the short term, uh, the architecture of the two currencies uh, takes care of that. This has been an absolute pleasure, Yonatan, uh, and I, uh, I really look forward to seeing how all this plays out. Where can people find out more about the props project, about you now, and, and what, are you guys, uh, what are you guys planning in the future? Yeah, so uh, there's uh, a lot of information on our website, uh, propsproject.com, and um, we're and you can download our white paper there. There's a, a bunch of videos where we present the 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 project with a lot of visuals and a, a live demonstration. I think one of the exciting things about this project uh, for for the community, and we've been receiving a, a lot of uh, fantastic feedback from people on our in our Telegram group. Um, um, and on Twitter, there's a lot of excitement about the fact that this is going to be one of the first token sales in which the tokens will be available immediately right after the sale for use in the product. So everybody that participates uh, in, the, in the token distribution event will receive the tokens and they will have early access to RISE. RISE is the first app uh, on the props ecosystem. Uh, that runs uh, entirely on, on props, like I described it, and, and, and using the video infrastructure that, uh, that I mentioned earlier. And I think the, that is pretty cool, and uh, we see a lot of people wanting to buy just to, just to have the ability to have a token they can finally use uh, for its utility uh, right away. And, and that's one thing. We, we're going to have um, a token distribution event uh, around the end of November, and um, we are starting registration for that uh, these days. In order to register, you just got to either be on our mailing list or on our uh, Telegram group before November 1st. So by end of this month, uh, you got to jump on that Telegram or, or email. And I think uh, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of people excited about answering questions and clarifying anything about this project. Fantastic. Hey, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, let's touch base in uh, a couple of months to see how all of this has, uh, has panned out. We would absolutely love to. Thank you so much, Arthur. This has been a real pleasure. No worries. Take it easy, Yonatan. Thanks. Thank you, Yonatan. And a big thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for the tunes. Visit thirdweb.net for more episodes and content, and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast manager.